Welcome to Chicagoland Parenting Stories. I am your host, Lisa Zimmerman. Let's get started with today's parenting story. Welcome back to Chicago Glen Parenting Stories. Today we are joined by Missy Hem. Missy Hem is a licensed clinical social worker and owner of Peaks and Valleys Perinatal Counseling. Her practice is located in Batavia. Today we are recording on July 6, 2023, and this is episode 10. Welcome, Missy. Hey, hey Lisa. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that you are. So can you introduce yourself and your children, child? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my name is Missy. Um, like you said, I'm a licensed clinical social worker and um, I have a daughter. She is four. So we are loving, loving that stage of life. Four is great. Yes. It's a lot it's of a blast. Yes. So you know that I like to start with the question, how would you describe your parenting style? Yes. Yeah. I had to think about this one a little bit. Um, so I would, I would describe it as attachment parenting. I was kind of oscillating back and forth between attachment parenting and gentle parenting, but, um, I really, I'm just focusing on like co-regulating with my daughter a lot. Um, and just helping her like feel safe with her big emotions. I think that's all kind of the philosophy that I'm coming from. Um, particularly like in the challenging moments. I think that's when I'm really actively parenting the most. Can you explain what you mean by co-regulating? Yeah. So um, pretty much using my own emotional state um, so that she can kind of match with it. So she's having really big angry feelings. I'm not matching her there in her anger, but I am intentionally with myself, like slowing my breathing. Um keeping my voice, you know, consistent and low, um, just kind of demonstrating for her that I am, I'm feeling safe in my body so that she can try and imitate those things. Um, a lot of the time it's not something that I'm explicitly describing because if I ask her to, you know, take a breath, the immediate response is like, I don't want to take a breath. Okay. It sounds like it's a lot to think about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Does it become like more automatic with time though? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, it's also become, I mean, it's something that I like actively have thought a lot about and seek out information about, but I think a lot of my own self-awareness comes from trying to translate what I do and share it with my partner. Um, because oftentimes, you know, we're, we're approaching these situations a little bit differently and I'm trying to, gently bring him over to my style. Well, yeah, there's parenting and then there's co-parenting, which is a whole nother podcast. Uh, Without disclosing your age, which generation are you a part of? I am solidly a millennial. You're right in the middle of millennial land. Okay. And how would you describe how you were parented then? I think that... I kind of gravitate towards thinking that my parents had a permissive style of parenting. Um, But I think that's probably me being a little critical of them, like through an adult lens. Um, They were really warm um, and responsive to our needs, but um, I have an older brother as well. Um, So, but also at times we like lacked a lot of structure and there was like not a lot of conflict, Um, you know, addressing conflicts head on was really like taboo 
taboo in my house. Um, but there were rules and, um, you know, expectations, but um, they tended to kind of let us do our thing and like not intervene unless really, really necessary. Hmm. Okay. Um, can you describe the work that you do for those that may not understand how you help new families? Sure. Um, so I'm a therapist. I, um, you know, I went to school for social work and got trained as a mental health clinician. Um, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about like my journey to get here. <laughs> sure. Um, because initially out of school, you know, I, I kind of got into the profession knowing that I wanted to um, work with women and help women have access to, um, you know, reproductive health care. And I didn't know exactly like what job I wanted to have right out of school. And I was just trying to be open to, you know, whatever came my way. And I actually found out about a doula position from a classmate. Um, and I'd had some exposure to what a doula was. And I was like, you know, girl, I'm not a doula. Um, you know, I'd never been to a birth before. I, I didn't have any kids. And, and she was like, oh, no, you know, they'll teach you. And so I actually spent six years um, working for a doula program where I would attend births um, with my clients. And it was specifically for teen parents. And there was a lot of home visiting involved. Um, but really got a ton of information and specialized knowledge about pregnancy and childbirth and the early postpartum phase. Um, but I always really wanted to pair it with, um, you know, the mental health background that I had. And so it was almost my fantasy to um, bring those things together and start working with families in the perinatal period around, you know, their specific mental health. And so that's what I do now is I open my practice so that I can give emotional support and, um, treatment for people, um, who have, you know, depression, anxiety, um, and who are kind of dealing with all of the, you know, personal stuff that bubbles up during pregnancy and, um, all the challenges in the, you know, early stages of, of having a, having a new baby or having uh, new babies added to your kind of existing family dynamic. So that's really what I love to do. I can imagine that there were a lot of challenges working with teen parents, but the one that kind of mm -hmm. like leaps out in my head with the home visiting piece is that you basically had two or three generations at all times to deal with. So mm -hmm. that must have been pretty interesting from a mental health standpoint and how, you know, the self-talk and then also like the parental talk and all those things, partners really come together for that teen mom. Yeah, I think that was a really interesting um, dynamic to be a part of because like you're right, there was the the mom and then, you know, she had a newborn baby, but she was also still in the developmental stage of being parented and trying to separate from that family system. And so um, there was often, you know, there were a lot of kind of, there was a lot of clashing that would happen between, um, you know, the teen mom and, and her, her mother and, um, you know, watching them kind of navigate that sometimes effectively, sometimes, you know, really struggling to do that. Um, I think that helped me kind of be comfortable talking about all of the revisiting that people do when, they're now tasked with parenting and um, and raising a kid and they're trying to think of, well, do I want to do it the same way that my parents did? You know, maybe not, but also, you know, here's some things that they did really well. This is the trajectory that I'm seeing for my kid. And it, you know, it looks different than what mine was. What is the favorite thing about the work that you do? I really love um, kind of digging into a specific 
incident or issue and trying to help people pick apart, you know, what was their mind thinking? What was happening in their body? What were their emotions doing? Um, and helping them, you know, have some new insights into all of the different kind of things that are happening in their mind in this one moment um, and helping them maybe see it from a different perspective or, um, you know, look back and make a different meaning out of it than than they were thinking about in the moment um, and just seeing what people can do with that and how they can kind of, um, you know, shift in a different direction once they're able to be um, to have more self-awareness about, you know, what's happening for them in conflicts or in, um, really challenging moments and being able to pick it apart with them is, is really fun. (laughs) Sounds like it's your brand of fun, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it reminds me of a show we were watching once where like, basically somebody came in and did exactly what the therapist had told them to do for like a thousand times. And the therapist was just so happy that they had done it. (laughs) And the person was kind of like, yeah, no, it was okay, actually, you know, like, but not that excited (laughs) about it. But the therapist was like, oh my God. Um, This is huge. uh, Exactly. This is huge. You don't understand. Yeah. What is the biggest challenge with the work you do? I think, you know, the hardest thing is hearing about hard things that people have been through. And in particular, seeing how much people take on and how much they internalize and blame on themselves. People are so hard on themselves and often like talk to themselves and about themselves in a way that you would never talk about another person in that way. Um, So being able to reflect back to them, like, this is what I see. Like, this is all the stuff that I see that you've accomplished and you've overcome. Um, like it's a gift, but it's also sometimes it's really heavy, the stuff that people are bringing with them. And um, and it's a lot all at once. I think that's what's hard. I could imagine that like if they're going through an active, you know, PTSD moment or remembering mm-hmm. something that has happened and it's all coming out mm-hmm. in the office that it's it's a whole lot because most of the mental is also manifested in very physical ways. And so you're kind mm-hmm. of trying to deal with it on both levels, which I could imagine just you one person in an office is probably pretty challenging. Mm-hmm. Since you like started, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I think, you know, we talked about how I, how I parent my daughter, but I think a lot of what I'm doing in, in the therapy room is, is kind of similar where I'm regulating myself and I'm kind of, you know, demonstrating for people like what you just told me was really intense. And also like, I'm okay hearing it. And, um, you know, I can, I can take that in for you and I can sit with it and it's not so terrible that, you know, I need to get up and run out of the room, even though they probably feel that way when they're talking about it or reliving it and, um, doing some of that co-regulation in the moment, um, is kind of my strategy. Well, and that's the difference between talking to your friend and talking to your therapist, right? Like Mm -hmm. you have the professional training to actually be able to deal with that as opposed to just, you know, another person who's willing to listen, but isn't trained Mm -hmm. to take it on quite in the same way. Cause you kind of don't know what's going to come out sometimes. And that's the hard thing. Since you began your career in the doula realm, did you use a doula then when you were pregnant? I did. I felt very strongly about having a doula at my birth. Um, and I'm really glad that I went that route um, because I I think I was in a position where I kind of knew 
too much. Like I was really going to be in my head kind of worrying or, you know, thinking about um, thinking about a lot of things and being in my head. And she was able to kind of reassure me that it was okay to just um, be in the process of labor and that she was going to kind of let me know when I needed to tune in. Um, so I think she really allowed me to, um, I don't want to say relax because that's not what was happening, but um, yeah, be more in my body and and just kind of trust the process and trust that she was going to watch out for me. Yeah, that's very important. Another guest that we had on Dr. Jenny Hassler, I remember when I was packing my bag for the hospital, I was like, and I've got my stethoscope and I got this. And then she's like, what are you doing? No, you're <laughs> going to be a mother. You can't bring that. You're not going to be the nurse. And it was like, but, but, you know, and she was like, absolutely not. And it was like right. the best advice. Cause I was like, it was my first time, like starting to flip that switch of like, oh yeah, like this is going to be a whole nother ball game. Like I'm going to have to trust other people to do mm, what I would mm-hmm. do professionally. And I got to figure out how to do this other thing <laughs> that I have no idea right. how to do. And it's hard to like take that hat off and and give up some of that control or, um, you know, monitoring that I think it sounds like was really your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. For sure. Did you always want to be a parent? Yeah, I think for my uh from a young age, I always knew that I wanted to to have my own family. At what age of your child do you think that you really start parenting? Like in general or me specifically? Um, either. Um, I'm going to say around two. Um, I think it was at that point where my daughter was really, um, she's always had opinions, but was really like, trying to do what she wanted to do and she made it very known you know what she wanted to do and um like a lot of times like for safety reasons that really required that I intervene and um start telling her no it was uh yeah I think there was a big shift at that time um and it became a lot more complicated than um what is also really complicated but just physically caring for a child and like meeting all of their their needs um versus like actively engaging with their mind yes i can see that i feel like the one to two is just like they're on the move and you're keeping them safe but there's not a lot of the personality that comes behind it but then two is all the personality Mm -hmm. And then three is all the drama, which I always feel like we don't warn people enough about (laughs) three-year-olds. Three-year-olds are amazing, but they're Mm -hmm. also extremely hard to parent. So if you don't feel like you're parenting by then, you definitely are by the time you're three. Uh Um, And it's kind of funny because it's not like a switch goes off and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm parenting. But you start to realize like, wow, I'm exhausted on a physical (laughs) and emotional level. Like this Mm -hmm. is taking a whole nother you know, and usually as time goes by, the physical wanes a little bit more, the emotional, not so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your most embarrassing parenting moment? Mm, um, I think my most embarrassing parenting moment was when I kind of had like a fit of rage um, and I threw my breast pump um, against the cement. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was, (laughs) it was a very frustrating moment. I'm not proud of it. Um, And it still worked afterwards, which is, um, was really Uh, important to our function. (laughs) That would have caused a major issue. Yes. And I'm typically like a very mellow person. So that was, uh, 
that was that was a rough day. Did anybody witness that? Yeah. So, okay, I'll tell you the whole story, which was um, we had had my daughter's tongue tie revised and we had a follow-up appointment with a dentist um, for him to just kind of like check how everything was healing. And um, I delivered at Elmhurst Hospital and uh, I was like, you know, while I'm out here, it's about 35 minutes from my house, I'll go to a mommy and me group. And I had this whole plan where, you know, I had my daughter with me. I was going to pump. I was exclusively pumping at the mommy and me meeting uh, because I needed to pump. And then I would drive us both home. Um, And I had kind of a bad experience at the meeting. I thought it was going to be a little bit more of like a like a sharing, talking about how hard um, everything was. I think my daughter was probably like four weeks at the time. Um, And it was not that it was um, they had like an op ophthalmologist come in and talk about baby's vision and then everyone just kind of chit-chatted and dispersed and Mm. I was so frustrated that no one asked me how I was doing because I was so in need of like venting about that with other people and I was kind of like you know what I'm engorged screw it I just want to get out of here Um, I'm just going to drive home 35 minutes Um, so the entire drive my daughter was screaming um, in the back she hated being in the car and I desperately needed to pump Um, and so I was in a lot of pain and when I got home I was kind of I was carrying her I was carrying the diaper bag I was carrying my purse I had my pump in a separate bag you know as total bag lady and they were all just like falling off my shoulders all at once Mm -hmm. and that was you know when the the rage really kicked in and I was just so done um and I was also like screaming a lot of like expletives at this time and um my poor husband was um leaving for work and I could see just like the fear in his eyes and he was just like I'm gonna go like backing away I was like, you know, he's like, who is this person to be with our baby alone after this? Like he had a really high level of trust for me. Um, But yeah, I really, I really let it all out. And I think after that, I was kind of like, ooh, what's going on with me? Maybe I'm not doing great. Hmm. So that was, that's my embarrassing moment. But I also like love to share it because it was just like peak postpartum frustration for me. Well, in that four to five week period, I think is just the worst. You're so tired. And I always make a joke with people that like, that's why we, the babies don't smile until they're five or six weeks old, because it's just Mm -hmm. when you're about to give back the baby. And then they're like, oh, I'm going to smile at you. And you're like, okay, fine. I'll keep you. Cause you're just so tired. (laughs) So exhausted, you know, and you're not getting anything from this, but then you finally get your milestone and then you're like, oh, okay. That sounds great. Keep Um, you around. So speaking of mom's groups, did you have uh, friends when you, when your daughter was really young? And if so, do you all still keep in touch? Mm-hmm. Um, so when my daughter was really teeny tiny, um, I, you know, I have a, a good friend who became a mom before me and she and I text every day. Um, so we were really in touch at that time. But what stands out to me a lot is I had a close friend who was actually traveling, um, for work and she was staying in Thailand for a few months and it just so happened that when I was up overnight I was pumping every two hours um when I was up overnight it was like daytime there and so I would be able to chat with her um while I was you know up in the middle of the night and no one else was awake um so I think that was a real like lifeline to normalcy um 
so that's that's kind of the person. And yeah, we're we're definitely still in touch today. Um, she's one of my best friends. That's but I think great. my my closest parent friends, um, their kids are a little younger than mine. And so we didn't get super close until my daughter was probably about like one. Mm, okay. What do you see as the biggest trend in parenting right now? <sighs> that one's really hard for me to answer. I want to say like mommy and me matching outfits um, <laughs> and like taking really like cutesy photos together. I think that has maybe always been a thing, but I don't feel really up to date. Mm, I don't know trend. if it's always been a thing. I think that that's, that, that's a good one. That's definitely yeah. a thing now. Yeah. Yeah. Or like the whole family matches with the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, what has your child taught you the most about being a parent? She has taught me so much about joy and being in the moment in a way that I didn't know that I was missing. Um, and I didn't know that I needed it. Um, but being present with her as she just kind of experiences the world is such a gift and it's so nice to tune out of whatever, you know, monkey mind is going on in my brain and just be, be with her. There's a lot of like wonder and excitement and it's just like, it's such a treat. Hmm. That's really sweet. Yeah. Uh, for our final question, what is your biggest parenting advice to share with new parents? I really like to frame it as a season and to, you know, share with people that like all the seasons, um, it's going to change. Um, it feels like when you've been up for three days straight and you're totally exhausted and brain dead, it feels like that's just going to be your life now. And it can be uh, really hard to think about and hopeless feeling. Um, but, you know, in the same way that, you know, fall's going to come, your baby's going to keep growing. You're going to level up. You're going to learn how to do things that you don't know how to do yet. And it's it's going to suck and then it's going to click and you're going to figure it out. Um, so like hanging in there until, you know, the season changes um, helps me keep a little bit of perspective on things are short lived and and they get easier. They definitely get easier. I really like that. I mean, I think of things as seasonal too, but I don't always equate it as much as with the actual seasons. I guess I just think it's more of like a phase, but mm -hmm. I, I do like that idea of like, if you're stuck in the middle of winter, there will be spring. And if you mm -hmm. are sick of spring, there's summer. And when you're sick of summer, there's fall. And you know, it's, it, it does change a lot and they grow extremely fast. So it goes very, very quickly. I think it was helpful for me too to recognize that my postpartum body was also in a season of change. And I used to call it, you know, I'm in my season of flowy clothes um, <laughs> because I like needed to give myself permission to wear stuff that was comfortable and also to acknowledge like this is not maybe what I would typically wear. And it's not always going to be what I, you know, what I need to wear. Like my body is is healing and, and changing and um you know, that's going to keep moving in a different trajectory too. Yeah. And that, that's a tricky one too. That's, but that's also a whole nother podcast, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we are out of time. 
Thank you for joining us for episode 10 of Chicagoland Parenting Stories. And thank you to our guest, Missy Helm, of owner of Peaks and Valleys Perinatal Counseling located at Batavia. Thank you, Missy. Thanks so much, Lisa.